0: Before we go any further, please click the subscribe, follow, or favorite button. It depends on which format you are listening to this podcast, but this is how you get notifications for the latest episode. Welcome to the Said G podcast show. Salute to Morocco. In Sweden. Thank you for listening to the show where I kick social hood, social politics. My top episodes for the last 30 days on Anchor are East Coast politics, soul ties, antisocial personality disorder. My number one episode on Spotify is Antisocial Personality Disorder, Google Podcasts. My number one episode is Soul Ties. And my top two episodes on Cashbox is Do Black Lives Matter to Black People and Misery Loves Company? Today's show is all about my nephew, the six-mile legend, the Eastside Mayor, Antonio Carter Jr., a.k.a. Team Eastside Snoop. Tell a friend. It's the Said G Podcast Show. It's the SAG Podcast Show. I'm excited, I'm to, excited be to be here. We here, family, my family, which is you, which is the you, audience, audience. It's the SAG G Podcast, G Podcast Show. Show. to the say g podcast show be looking for our new show coming soon this will be a live show a live cast so you will have to download the app in order to join us on this program It's called money talk with dexter and say g this is a show where we will be talking about nothing but money talking about the finances talking about investments different laws and things that go along with investments and that's coming very soon, so be looking for that. Antonio Carter Jr., Team Eastside Snoop, Eastside Snoop, Bacon Soda, Snoopy Lukey Doggy Dog, or simply Snoop, as our family would call him that. Uh, my mother actually gave him that name. And he's my nephew, which makes him my sister's son. This is her middle son. And Snoopy Lukey Doggy Dog was a nickname that he actually created. Back when he was a small child, when he was a kid, Luke and Snoop Doggy Dog were the popular rappers at the time, the popular figures in hip hop. And he was a big fan of those guys. So he named himself Snoopy Lukey Doggy Dog. And I literally called him that up until when he passed. He never had a problem with that. So when he, when he was a kid, you know, his nickname was Snoop. So I'll run up and say, what's up, Snoop? He'll break out and say, hey, man, my name's Snoopy Lukey Doggy Dog. And he kept that up for a couple years. So it sort of caught on. So I probably was the only person even calling him that. But that was a nickname that he actually created. Um, but everybody known as simply a snoop i'm not really sure where he was born at it was either detroit or grand rapids grand rapids excuse me but or big rapids i think it was big rapids uh but he was thoroughly raised in detroit detroit michigan so i don't know where he was literally Actually came out of the womb mad. I'm thinking it's Detroit. I'm going to have to find that information out. Or well, maybe I should have researched it before I actually did this episode. Because you know I like to do all my research. But that's a little small minor detail. That can easily be rectified. So he was thoroughly raised in Detroit. Um, he was one of those sneaker babies. Because we didn't actually know that my sister was actually pregnant with him. My sister was pretty much private with her relationships with guys during those times so we didn't know she was actually pregnant <laughs> until she actually had the baby like bam i got a baby you know and uh of course his father's name is antonio carter senior but when it comes to antonio carter senior like i said they they didn't really have like this open relationship Around our family, like that, so maybe his family knew about their relationship, or his friends, or maybe her friends. But as a, as a family, we didn't too much know about this relationship. But Antonio Carter Sr. is his actual father, and uh, me, my personally myself, uh, I never have a, never had a real big relationship with him. Uh, as of now, as of today, he considered me a brother or a big brother. And I think that is so cool that he looks at me like that as a strong figure, as a strong voice and a voice to a voice to reason with. And, he know, I'm on his side, especially when we have a common denominator, which is my nephew. So uh, we never had a real big relationship. I never really had a conversation with him. And uh, it wasn't until the last time I actually saw Snoop, where they actually, what he actually saw me and his father standing together, talking or having a conversation or whatever you want to call it. But that's his father, and um, like I said, as of today, he look at me as a brother or a big brother. So, and you know, they they have. Um, they family over there. He has a grandmother and a grandfather over there. Auntie's on his father's side. But I don't think he have any uncles on that side. I think me and my brother is his actual direct uncle. Uncles from his mother's side. So um, this is my sister's second child with Snoop. He has two other siblings. One is Boosie, which is the oldest. And he had... To Kara, or many of us may call her T, or me personally, I call her T baby, because you know I have my own little nicknames with some of them. But those were the three siblings. When it came to Boosie, Boosie pretty much stayed with his father's mother, so he was all pretty much staying with his grandmother. She pretty much raised Boosie, even though he was around, he was coming over, he was a fixture, a fixture in the group but he pretty much was raised by his grandmother so the kids that was mostly all always around my mom's house it was always snoop snoop was definitely there to care even though they had their moments where you know their mother was in school she went to college Uh, i can't think of the name of the school she actually went to but that was up there in big rapids so it was time when she left for school and she had the kids out there. And Takara was the same way. She was one of those pop-up babies. Like I said, they didn't have this like open relationship. So um, she was another one. We didn't know until she actually had the baby, you know. So again, T was one of those pop-up babies. Both of them were pop-up babies, but like I said, they spent a lot of some time up there in Big Rapids. I had a chance to go up there and uh, spend a little bit of time up there. And I was always in, and um, had a great relationship with my nieces and nephews, at least the first group of nieces and nephews that I'm familiar with, the ones I knew when they were a baby. Of course, I've been moved away from the town for a mighty long time, so it was more kids that came along the way that I'm not mostly familiar with like that because I wasn't there when they were born. I wasn't there changing their diapers. Snoop was one of those kids where I was actually changing his diapers. I was actually babysitting or feeding or watching or something like that because he was the one that was always around. 24 hours a day, you're going to be around Snoop. You're going to be around T. And I call. I have another niece named Kyra. So I call her snoop and t the three amigos those three gonna be around each other regardless so yeah he's in this world he spent time in big rabbits but he was thoroughly raised in detroit so in my opinion when he was a little bitty kid i'll, I'll always consider him rambunctious. you know extremely exuberant you know exciting he was to the point where I, I thought he was just a goofy kid because he thought everything was just funny. Everything was just funny to him. He just always wanted to laugh at anything and everything. He had this certain goofiness about himself. When I was a kid, people considered me goofy. I was a goofy kid growing up, that is a fact. And sometimes when you start out as a child or as a kid and you're very goofy, you're, you're goofy or silly, Uh, or those type of things you sort of grow out of that when you get older you know you may still have a little fun about yourself a little silliness about yourself and still could be funny but you sort of grow out of the the natural goofiness about yourself and I've always considered myself to be hereditary with my sister Quisha's kids particularly Snoop when I saw that a goofy type of natural thing about himself i said me and him is uh hereditary with each other it's, it's just a family thing it's a family trait so you may have this person over here that acts like this but then you got a cousin way over there somewhere or a nephew or a niece or an uncle or a grandfather you may just act just like that per, per person because of hereditary reasons it's definitely a fact it just works like that i don't know i can't I'm not a scientist, so I can't explain those phenomenons, but he was one of those kids that was just like extra goofy to me. He he was just super silly, thought everything was funny, he just wanted to laugh at whatever, you know. And I'm sure many people that grew up around him or was around him felt the same way. His mother may may not have felt that way, and then when you actually meet his father, Antonio senior this guy is so doggone eminent animated I mean this guy is beyond animated so I have to say that a part of his father father's anatomy was involved with him that could have helped with the goofiness the silliness because because in my opinion his father Antonio senior he needed a tv camera follow, following behind him I mean, this guy is just so animated, he's like a walking TV show, you know. I mean, this guy is hilariously funny, you know, he just... I never knew this about him because I never took the time to actually get to know him. But then, you know, I was running around in the streets at that time, and I didn't pay attention to a lot of people, (laughs) like literally, which is a big mistake on my behalf, I should have paid more attention to certain things that was happening around in the community, around me, around my family or friends or whatever. But a lot of that stuff I would just skip over and would just wouldn't pay attention to it. So I never just really paid attention to him like that. And I find that this guy is hilariously funny, you know. And this is the father, he's super funny. So I always looked at Snoop as just wanting to be this fun kid, goofy, one to just laugh and smile at everything. It was just a natural thing with him. Um, it's the CAG Podcast Show. We're talking about Antonio Carter Jr., aka Bacon Soda. We'll be right back. I had to find out a way to give back to the community. God has given me a vision to build a media studio. This media studio will consist of a non-profit public FM radio station. I want to thank everyone that has made contributions to the media studio for the future fundraiser. I have 16 years of experience in broadcasting log on to kickstarter.com and find out about my rewards program, which will give someone a chance to executive produce a said G podcast show. You can go to my GoFundMe link at Cedric Garth. The link is located in the description of this program, or you can simply click the support link. If you can't make a contribution, your blessing is good enough for me. Welcome back to the c g Podcast Show. Make sure you make a donation to my fundraiser. And you know what? All the funds that's being raised is not being reflected on GoFundMe because people aren't handing me cash, making donations out on the streets. You know, I have a whole other account where I put those donations. So everything's not really reflecting on GoFundMe, but it's still a good... Um, avenue where you can make donations so go to my GoFundMe uh link which is in the description of this podcast and i'll uh, make a donation it's for a great cause you know i'm keep keep it moving keep it pushing forward uh the prospects is looking great on this situation so antonio carter jr aka team e side snoop i'm not sure what actually schools he went to uh, like I said, I could have did a little bit more research research when it comes to small details like that. I think Blackwell was one of the schools he went to. But the thing about Stu, he wasn't a guy for school at all. He did not like school. I don't know how many times he told me that. He just didn't like to be there. You know, He was often getting kicked out of school. He got so many whoopings for acting out in school, he just couldn't get right when he came to school, and that just it wasn't his thing. And that's not the thing for everybody, you know. And I think that's a big problem in the community because if kids going there, they may not know certain things about the class or the work or what's being presented to them. Some of them may not be able to read all that well. Some of them may not be able to do math all that well or, or English. I'm not saying he's bad on these things, he just wasn't an A-B student. He just, he really didn't like school. He said this to me on several occasions. and it got to the point, he was like, forget it, i just take this whooping. <laughs> I don't like to be there, you know? And the work may be a little bit more hard for him, and that's something we have to be aware of um, when it comes to kids, because because kids may not know this stuff. My son a little bit slow when it comes to school, and, and I think that teacher's not taking the proper time with these kids. And this is my experience with dealing with teachers and the principal, because I'm always have to go up to that school. they be more concerned about their behavior than they actually teaching. And they try to coerce me to get my son to take this, this ADHD medicine and all that stuff. No, nah, you got to be messed up. There's no way in the world I'm giving my son that medicine. Especially when I sit in, in, in the class and you see all these kids active like that, you know? And I think it's wrong for schools to try to push that on kids just to keep their budget going on because if they get so many kids on the list as ADHD, they get more funding for stuff like that. So I know as the teachers don't take their time like they did back in the day with the student, they expect you to know this stuff are already coming in, into the class. And again, you know, the parent can help out more like myself, and I just noticed that my son didn't have a good rhythm sitting in the class because of how the teacher teaching. So I had to come in and show him the actual rhythm he needed to have to keep up with everything. And once I showed him that rhythm, he started beating the teacher done, beating all the students in the class because of this rhythm. And they just, they fought me on that. And you know, it's a crazy thing, but Snoop was one of those kids, that he just didn't like school like that. I'm sure he gained um, friends and people he was cool with in school, you just can't help that because a lot of those kids, you stay in the same school with them for years. You know, a lot of them become family type people to you. So he wasn't that great when he came to school. And and it's crazy because when he started uh, becoming popular in the rap game, he started giving back to the school. He would do things like give out um, back, backpacks and school supplies to students going back to school. So, uh, which was a great thing. And then his mother has a, a background in education. she has been in education for the past 20 years. So that's just her job. She works at the school. So his mother has the background of schooling. So he did come back and try to encourage um, students to stay in school. You know, I'll give you this backpack or these, these school supplies. Him and other artists, you know, he would go up to the schools and, and perform for free or make an appearance for free just to get kids inspiration. So even though he wasn't that great in school, but he wasn't against people not going to school and getting that education. So, But again, I don't know what actual schools he went to in terms of middle school or high school, but I think he went to Blackwell Elementary School. And of course, I call his sister T. They were like twins to me. I called them tit for tat, because both of them was always together. You wouldn't imagine them two even remotely coming close to fighting each other. You know, I always called T the gangster baby. She was always the toughest one out of all of them. You know, and she probably still like that today. I don't know, but I always considered her to be his twin. They were always together. Uh, even though Boosie is the other sibling. like I said, he always pretty much stayed with the grandmother, even though he still was around and a part of the group. Um, but T is his twin. And she told me stories how they would get into it and, uh, and actually fight. And I just couldn't believe those two would remotely come close to even fighting each other. But again, you know, you had these sibling rivalries and <clears throat> and things can happen. So one story she was telling me that, she smacked the piss out of him she smacked him so hard he actually passed out and didn't wake up till later on <laughs> that evening or the next day or or something like that but you know just it was just interesting to see them two uh hearing about them two fighting each other so i always considered that t is twin they tit for tat they look alike you know they had the same father you know both of them with dark skin whereas Boosie Boosie is actually light skin so always considered them twins and one of the interesting things t had told me his music selection because you know often they would be at home and they didn't really have a lot of movies so purple purple rain was one of the movies they would watch all the time so by him watching this purple rain rain movie which was well before his generation uh, um when that movie came out so but he he seemed to love older music so when, when Snoop would actually ride up on you he may be playing some purple rain he may be playing some old school stuff as um in contrast to you know younger people they pulling up playing hip hop rap uh, something negative you know a lot of hip hop have, have a lot of negative connotation to it but again it's up to the parents to try to control kids from listening to that type of negative vibe you know, and I understand artists. I have a bachelor's degree in communication, so I understand audiences. But Snoop was the type of person he lives listen to old school music and Purple Rain was one of his favorite albums or soundtracks. And and that's true. That was a great album. I still play that whole album to the day. You know, I'm a big Prince fan, so I'm always playing Prince is in my playlist and Purple Rain is definitely definitely in my playlist. You know. And um that's what it was when you actually um, run into Snoop. He's playing old-school music, even though he's into the hip-hop and all that type of stuff. Um, but it got to a point, he always had this interest when it came to entertainment. Uh, they got to a point where they had formed a group. Yeah, he was involved with a group called the Hustle Kings. And one of those guys was That was in that group He ended up on a reality show It was a big Nationwide reality show um, For some reason The group didn't pan out uh, The group all separated But Snoop wanted to keep The thing t- together He wanted to be into the rap music He wanted to be in entertainment So what he did He went and got, gathered up Some more guys And started taking them Into the studio And enticing them To come into the studio And even when Snoop really was interested in that. I used to take him to studios and try to get him to rap. He was so shy with it at that point. But again, he was a young kid. And um, Snoop was the one that when I came to town, I would pick him up. I would take him around to DJs as I was politicking at the time on behalf of other artists. Or just networking myself you know i would take them to a studio or i'll go talk to a dj or something snoop would be the one that i would pick up and let him ride with me while i was doing these things and talking to these people you know but the hustle king thing didn't pan out so they separated but snoop wanted to keep going in the entertainment industry so he brought in more new guys gathered up some more guys and that group end up being Team Eastside. So, it's the G Podcast. Show. We're talking about Snoop, Team Eastside, Snoop Bacon Soul, and we're gonna get more into his rap career, and we're gonna talk about his death. It's the G Podcast. Show. I'll be right back. Twitter at Mr. 911. it's M-I-S-T-A 911. Facebook at Said G Podcast Show. Instagram at Said G Pod. And subscribe to my YouTube page at Said G Podcast. You can see the latest pics, trailers, and financial information. back to the said g podcast show make sure y'all follow me on twitter baking soda snoopy Looky doggy dog team east side snoop antonio carter jr the legend so when he started doing stuff with the hustle kings i'm not sure if he was even rapping on any of the material if they even recorded in any material but it started um uh, him gaining a following. Like Snoop, really from the beginning of the social media era, which is their era, post-millennial, millennial, millennial, post-millennial, they're more into technology. You know, I come from uh, some of the analog era, into the digital era. So he started building up him a following as a young guy. And to me, he just didn't take it all that serious. He was laughing at the stuff. He was just... It was funny to him and he had all these kids following behind him. You know, he the one that told me about the Facebooks and all. He's like, No, that we're done with that, we're on the Facebook now. And of course he moved on to other things besides that. But to me, he always looked at it like he didn't take it that serious. It was just funny to him, you know. And uh he just seemed to be Timid to uh, actually bust a flow or go on the studio, at least in the beginning stages. But you know, people be like that. They're, they're the butterflies. And when they starting to be in front of an audience, you know. And I, I had tried my shot at the music game. And you know, when you go to my Day One G's episode, uh, just being too heavily involved in the streets. And, you know, I I guilty by association. You know, when you get that far deeply involved, you know, you you acquire too many secrets. You acquire too much information. People don't trust that when you leave the game because you know too much information. So when I put my little single out and I went to the club and tried to perform my song, the owner of that club came and told me the next day that I couldn't perform in this club anymore. And I, that was totally shocking to me, you know. I said, "Okay, well, I won't come in your club and perform." So I went to another club, maybe a couple of weeks later, and I performed in that club. And that owner of that club came and told me that I couldn't perform in his club anymore. The guy from the last club done called this guy, and you know, they like banning me from performing in these clubs, and I'm not rapping about no gangster stuff, you know, I'm not talking about killing people and all that type of stuff you know but it's the connotation it's the reputation and people just don't want to see you do better in life they just throw you in this box and they think that you can never rehabilitate yourself you're always going to run the streets you're always going to have this negative thing about yourself and people just don't want to see you do better they talk that stuff but they don't that's a fact so when Snoop and all these guys, they started putting their thing together and they were able to go perform anywhere in any club, they ought to be thankful for that because I didn't even get that far. I didn't even get that chance. I wouldn't have had no choice but to go out of town. And for these guys to come back and be able to go in a club and perform, <laughs> you ought be thankful for that. So, But he started putting on the group team Eastside. I don't know who came up with the title of the group, but Snoop was the one that was initiating guys, let's put this group together, let's get in the studio. Y'all go do most of the rapping. I do my part, but y'all do most of the rapping. You know, and they started popping off. They started popping off. I wasn't living in the city when they started becoming popular, but again, Snoop had a following from the Hustle King thing. He started developing a, developing a following. And I'm sure a lot of those guys that was with him, they started develop developing followings. So I'm sure that helped them out with their popularity with the group. Now, I wasn't in living in the city when the group was popping off. Um, whenever I would come to the city, people would always ask me, you heard Team Eastside, you on Team Eastside? I said, no, I haven't heard the stuff. Now, imagine this is my nephew. I see Snoop almost every time I come to Detroit. Either he called me to say hi, or he stopped by to say hi. He's very respectful towards his uncle, so he always stop by and say hi, or he'd simply just be at my mom's house or my sister's house. He'd just be laying around. It's the same old normal thing that we've been doing our entire life. This guy has never, ever walked up to me and said, hey, we're hot. Listen to our records. Hey, I'm the big thing popping. Check me out. Hey, I'm Mr. Floss a lot. Check me out. And I'm the type of person you can't impress me with those type of things because... I lived that life already. To me, it's, it's played out. it's not like you get older and you look at that stuff like, oh man, you know, you just old head about that. No, you just grow up and you realize that you wasted a lot of time on that. You wasted a lot of money on that because flossing is not an investment. It's really not. I mean, just do your research and go Google what is real wealth. Flossing is not gonna be on that list. So that's sort of a, um, a bad way of thinking. But again, you come from the ghetto, you come from the hood, and that's just the way we thinking in the hood, you know. But I can go on to all the politics about that, but we're not gonna get into all that, you know. And like I said, you can go back to my Day One G's episode. You can sort of tell where our family history, where, you know, um, this time we lived in New York for a hot second. You know, I talked about Manistee, and I talked about Crane Street and all that. Snoop wasn't even born with all that, but that's a part of our family history. So my mom's moved on Cedar Grove in 87, but my grandfather was already living in the area. So when you're talking about moving to, to the Grove in 87, and Snoop is born in 90, he was thoroughly raised a six mile guy. And again, you can go back to my Six Mile episode and see where where that all started from. You know, I call it Seymour Six Mile, so. Uh, Snoop was a definitely born and raised thoroughbred, thoroughbred Six Mile guy. Whereas me, I wasn't raised over in that area. I was raised up over there on Crane Street. My mom moved over that way. I was a little bit older when he got to the Grove, what they call the Grove. So he's a thorough six mile guy, for sure. So you know they getting popular with the team East Side stuff. They get popping off around the city, and again they took that six mile movement that we created and, and, and put into their heads. The PDQ guys they came and took it around the city, and Team East Side put it on the map. They took it worldwide. So that's basically how it went. And you gotta go show proper what props is doing. So. No, they took this the grove the, uh, the six mile area and they took it and took it to other places mm-hmm. so they popping off they hot as fish grease they got music popping off in the club they got music on the radio uh they had their little rap beefs with the west side guys um Boy cash out those groups they i think they name had fights or whatever mm-hmm. uh, they had their little rap beefs and you know, a bunch of stuff going on. It became controversy for a minute. But again, I'm way out of town. I don't know none of this stuff is going on. I don't know he wanted in the hottest group in the city. I don't know this because he's never mentioning this stuff when I see him. I don't see him with jury on. I don't see him with boxes of cash and, you know, all the little starter kit, <laughs> flossed out stuff, I call it. So, but other people, you know, think that stuff is great. But again, it's really not a great thing. But they popping off. They hot. They doing shows. They got videos. You know, he's, he's becoming he's become a fixture in hip-hop in Detroit. He's a fixture in the Six Mile area in Detroit. And these guys are making money. These guys are making money. They were all making money. and Stoop was one of those guys that was making money in his business. But again, sometimes you can be around the wrong type of atmosphere and you started trusting people. And you go through this process where you're getting money and the people that's around you, they may be lagging a little bit. So you try to show them how to hustle. You try to show them how to get money. A lot of times you giving them stuff and they just don't get it. They just don't give it. They just don't have that knack for hustling getting money. And some people just got that it about themselves. And Snoop was one of those persons that had that it about himself, you know. And I didn't see a lot of people he hung around with. One of the guys I saw him with was Peasy, was was one of his rap partners. But another guy that he would hang around, I definitely endorse that. And that was my guy, Seize. Seize is not a guy I know in passing by. Seize is not a person I know from around the way, I, that's actually family. So I look at C's like he's family. That's my guy. You know, I'm always gonna look at him uh, as family. and I'm always gonna be concerned about him because I've been knowing this guy since he was a kid. He's a related. He's related to my daughter. That's my daughter's cousin. So I've known this guy since he was a kid. So I have mad love for C's, and I always endorse their relationship. So I didn't see a lot of people he was even hanging around. I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know what was going on. I'm not engaging and trying to keep up with what's going on, you know, and when I left Detroit, I was going through a lot of mental health issues myself. So I had to get myself together. I had to get myself back into society. I had to get myself back on point and it takes time to do that so and i wanted to get myself together spiritually and morally and that's just not an overnight thing so i was busy working on myself and you know trying to do what i can to take care of my kid and my responsibilities so i wasn't really paying attention to what's going on there in the city what's going on with him in the city you know um and obviously, um, he's not with us here today. So when I come back, we're going to talk more about his death. It's a Sad G Podcast show. I love to perform for the audience, and I always got to show you guys gratitude. So mad shout out to Australia, Iran, Germany, California, Michigan, and Virginia. Thank you for rocking with the show. Don't forget the live show coming soon Money Talk with Dexter and Said G, where we will be discussing investments. Live show coming soon, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Said G podcast show. Antonio Carter Jr., Bacon Soda. Uh, you're getting hot with his his music, Uh, the things that he was involved in, they're getting videos, they got videos on YouTube, this stuff getting hundreds of thousands of views and millions of views, they got hundreds of thousands of followers on all their social media platforms, you know, and these guys are making money, these guys are making some serious money, and I heard that snoop was one of those people he would ride around with 50k in his pocket or you know have all this jewelry and a bunch of this unnecessary stuff because you start living that type of lifestyle you you don't want to put your money in the bank you're not putting your money where it actually grows without you even looking at it it grows without you sleeping but then again it's a lack of education from the grandparents the parents and uncles and people in the community because they don't teach these type things in regular school. You have to do some outside teaching when it comes to uh, our children. And and I'm guilty of that too myself, you know. So you get young people that that have... uh, You look at that city in in general per capita is considered a poverty-stricken city. But when you actually get down in these hoods and people down there be having money, you know, but they be all cash money or untaxed money. So, um, but again, I didn't see none of these things. He never presented these type of things to me because they calls for intervention if I see something like that, because I know this is the wrong way to think. This is the wrong path. But we all don't know this because we are all uneducated when it comes to these type things. You know, but I had got a call um, I don't know what time the t- the calls started coming in because I didn't check my messages. I mean my phone calls, my missed phone calls to that very next morning I had a bunch of missed calls and I can tell some it was emergency something was really going on and that's when I got the call that he had got shot and killed. You know, And people was pretty much worried about him, and they were trying to warn him about people that was around. But you started trusting people and thinking that these people are not going to do nothing to me. Oh, yes, they will. Yes, they will. No doubt about it. I have close people that sold me out. People I was running around with every day in the game in the streets not knowing that they were stabbing me in my back. I had guns pulled on me because of these type reasons. Because people I thought were on my side, and at the end of the day, they wasn't on my side. They was just only watch, trying to watch their own ass. you know. But I had got the phone call said he had gotten shot and killed. Uh, he was leaving a video shoot, and apparently these guys followed him from that video shoot. So he got shot and killed, which was devastating because here's somebody you looked at as your own kid. Here's a guy that you changed his diapers. Here's a guy that looked up to you and respected you and, and loved you. And he's gone. He has a bunch of cousins and people he grew up with uh, that loved him. So it was a devastating thing. It was devastating for my, his parents, Antonio Carter Sr. and his mother. You know, now she got a bury her kid and that's something we don't want to do you know and but it happens far too often in our community and that was one of the things i didn't agree with because people looked at it it as it was a time to just party and celebrate and this is a crisis that's going on in our community all day every day and all y'all can think of is to light up another blunt pour up another drink (laughs) no solutions just sit back and just let the police handle it. No, sometimes you gotta create a campaign. You have create to a, a, create a campaign where the conversation is kept alive, whereas people was trying to get you to shut up and shh, you know, trying to get you to feel all this super calmness about the situation, you know. So he got shot and killed. Uh, there was people there that saw him take his last breath. Um, there's been a lot of theories on what got him killed, who killed him, and that's natural. You know, it's natural. Uh, but the streets always the first people to find out. The only thing bad about that is the parent or the immediate family will be the last to know. They will be the last to know. Now, I think anybody is foolish if you don't try to find out what happened to your baby. You're just gonna sit back and just say. Let people coerce you. Even the police will coerce you into that. Uh, don't do nothing, let us handle it and all that. But no, you, you still can create a campaign. You can still find out what happened to your baby. And when you talk about this type of situation, the guys already hit their mark. They're not coming after the family or anything. If anything, they're running from the family, <laughs> you know, but that lets you know people really not in your corner. Because you really in my corner, you'd be out on the front lines with spirituality spinning around you hoping that and praying that God got your back. You know. But at the end of the day, these guys already hit their mark. They're not coming after the family and none of that stuff. They moved on, they're looking for the next mark. So at this point in time, Snoop is a legend. People around him or in the neighborhood or whoever through his music, they were all listening to him. He was a voice to them. And for him to come from this this goofy kid and actually got people listening to him and listening to his philosophy and the things he had to say, that says volumes. That says a whole lot, you know, for this guy to come up to be this ultra goofy kid and have people actually listening to what he was saying, listening to him like he was an OG, listening to him like he really knew what he was talking about. And that and I think that's great, you know. And when you look at his death and you look at what surrounds his death, you know, you always got to look at who, who's he around, you know. You always got to look at the background of, of those people, you know. But at the end of the day, you're born here by yourself, you got to leave here by yourself. That's just how I go. When you go on that ground or wherever they put you, you by yourself. That's just a fact. So you have to look at the total surrounding areas who benefited off of him dying. Who really benefited off of that, you know? And unfortunately when you are dealing with the neighborhood, you are dealing with people with these anti social personality disorder. They have no empathy. You know, some people just shoot and kill you and go home and eat dinner and breakfast like it's nothing so but he's a big story um he's a legend off the off the east side the six mile area uh he was thoroughly raised over there he made a mark in his in his music career um he had been doing it for so long he was he really didn't even take it all that serious you know just give him the money that's what he was about so um he had a chance to network with other rappers and actually bring some peace between the the west side cash out guys. And um you know, he really had a chance to patch that up and they those guys making music together. And it's interesting because when I listen to some of the when I finally listened to some of their music, this is after they passed after he passed. I'm like, I hear some of my hustle in their in their rap songs. And I just couldn't believe that something I created thirty years ago is in somebody's rap songs. You know, these guys don't even know I was even in Created that, you know, they don't even know me. So but obviously I know some OG's that they knew But I can go on and on and on about Snoop. Maybe I'll do a part two Maybe I have another guest or something on here uh, Talking about team Eastside Snoop that money may know more the intricate stuff about My nephew. This is just a general podcast. It's just a general description, but I can say he's a legend He's a Eastside legend He's a six- mile legend and this is my nephew so all that's thrown out the window when it comes to my baby boy it's the CG podcast show tell a friend.
1: make sure that my man next I'ma hustle while you waiting on your man check either I'm finessing or your shit getting ramsacked I'm a boss I know you heard of the name and I never been a lame 40 carats in the frame I'm a pro you a rookie to the game they should call you federal line how you biting off my fame? it's Lil Rika and I used to keep this shit a secret now I'm shitting on the game leaving competition Rika. they said started from the bottom now we here now we getting money you can call us baller of the year Cause they ain't fucking with my gear When I come through, I fuck it up, so tell your peers I shut the show down, when I exit, all you hear is cheers Tag them in, we Tag get the money in. over here Tag them in, you can call
0: Over here, gone tag him in Back from OT with 20 bands Fuckin' cashin' bands Catch me on the ground taking selfies, bitch, flashing tens Bill drinkin' foes Me and C's by to match a 10 We the ballers of the year My nigga stay workin' Put spinners on a whip Look like that bitch working. Diamond dance in the frames Bitch, my shit jerkin' Off sets on the vet That bitch said perfect Team these green guys Y'all know what we bout 50 deep in the club Stump a nigga out Tryna run off with a bag But it hunt you down A with the beam spit a hundred rounds been to count up a dub, me a fat low Hello? Nigga, be about your bread, fuck a rat hoe. In the club, gold bottles, fuck some black mo Try to move out the hood, what you stack for? Tag him in, we pay
1: the money over here Tag him in, call him in Got some cookies stuck up in my nails.
0: True champ, but my niggas always smoking L's. I don't smoke, I just love how that cookie smells. Playing 2K14 on the PlayStation. A nigga hit my line, tryna make a reservation. Gotta make the drop off by the gas station. I got gas, got drinking, got medication. They call me stacks cause I stack it all Being broke is a joke and I don't laugh at all If it ain't about pros, I don't get involved I'm just trying to make eight dollars, so I'm taxing y'all I don't trust niggas, so I'm sticking to myself Bitch, I live that champ life, I don't know nothing else If I ain't getting money, I'm probably at the crib Flat screens in their room, that's
1: just how I live Tag them in, we getting money in. over here Tag them in, you can tag call them them me in